Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another morbid Christmas special right here on Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Nice. I am the little elf, happy. Yeah, happy. And with my co-host, the evil elf from the north, <laughs> uh, the blonde bombshell, Ann Carrigan. Hi. <laughs> and Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope everybody is enjoying the season so far. We're here with our lovely fire. Ah. And <laughs> it's pretty nice actually. And our uh, stockings hung by the chimney with care. I'm wearing mine. Wearing our Christmas jammies. Mm. I have Jack Skellington this year. Where's your footies? No footies. I just, well, I have my, my leopard footies. So I know I usually wear the footy pajamas, but it's been there, done that. Once so again, I'm I wearing my Christmas, what do you call these things? Night shirts. Night shirts. Christmas night shirts. My wife bought me this when I first got married, what? what What's it at? got all over? Fish? What's on it? Uh, who? I don't know what that is. It's an owl. Put your glasses oh, on. Oh, it's an owl. Okay. I don't know where they are. You'd I be wise. I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> You'd be wise to. Oh, they're little owls. Yes. So. How I, old is that nightshirt? Old as you? Well, it's my, my wife bought it for you our first Christmas together. Oh. And every Christmas, I dig it out of the, wherever I hide it and uh, wear it. All right. With my little... Santa Claus boxes. Uh, I don't want to know about that. She bought me these cute little boxes. Uh, nope, nope. They got nope, all little nope. Santa Clauses nope. playing sports on it. Oh, boy. Yeah, hockey player. That's great. A, yeah. That's Cause fantastic. Because when I was young, I was very really much into sports. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, what's your Christmas tra tradition? Tradition. At our house? Um, no, I'm talking to our audience. Oh. I don't really care about you. Oh, you don't care about me? <laughs> all right. No. Well, they can't answer us, so. Why can't they? Just go to our chat room and leave <laughs> us a message or something. All right, what's your tradition? What's that, our tradition? Since nobody's answering me. Well, a tra tradition at our house, not so much on Christmas Eve, but on Christmas morning, after we open all our presents, mm -hmm. we always have Christmas mimosas with breakfast. You alcoholics. Yeah, we are. Gosh, bags. What can I say? But that's our tra tradition. At we have cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls. Fresh out of the oven that's before yummy. we open our gifts. Pillsbury? Before? Yes. Oh, God, you can't have breakfast before. Yes, you can. Uh-uh. Well, not at my house. Oh, actually, no, you don't. We have it afterwards. I thought it that. Yeah, see? As soon as they said it, see, you're right. See, that's right. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, when Ron, was, waiting. when Ron was little, he would get up and ring the Christmas bell. You have a Christmas bell? Oh. <laughs> Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Oh. Yeah, uh. we have a Christmas bell. He would get up and ring the Christmas bell, which means Santa came, and we would all go up and get our gifts. Ah, okay. And we would tear and throw. We'd always throw all the paper, so we'd have this huge, big pile of paper, and the cat would go jumping in the paper. and Yeah. So that's nice. Good old Christmas time. That's nice. Now, um. I'd always put the Christmas station on, too. So oh, Ron, well. When Ron, no, for when Ron sleeps at night. So the, the, he would play Christmas music all night oh, long for him. Get ingrained in his little brain. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So there you go. I don't subject, subject my kids to that torture. I'm sorry. Whatever. To each their own. <laughs> Not a Christmas music fan. To each their own. So last year, we had no Christmas special. Right. So bah, humbug. I know. No, not bah humbug. I had surgery last year, bah, and that's why humbug. we didn't. We didn't have one, so I said, we have to have one this year. Mm -hmm. We're just going to find a way to do it, because all the Wednesdays seem to be taken, because we have Christmas concerts, and I said, nope, nope, we're going to do it, and uh, uh, George Lopes was gracious enough uh, to move two tones to another night, and we thank George. He's done I mean, like a hundred shows. 
he, he's a year ahead of us. God. We're coming up on the um, six-year mark, mm. and George is what almost at seven. What a so, But we thank him very much for letting us have his Wednesday night. Yeah. Is he doing Christmas country this Yes. Year? Yes, he always has a Christmas special as well. It's just a whole week of Christmas specials. You know what? Next year we should have him come in and do a live Christmas song during the show. Oh, okay. That would be interesting. Mm. That would be very interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Live right, we'll Christmas see. with we'll think on that for with next Christmas year. George. We'll think on that for next year. So, anyways, um, the show, of course, the U is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, three eighty six Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And for all you people that are thinking of getting rid of that bum you married, it is the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, okay. <laughs> not the end of a mess. Okay. So there you go. Well, Merry Christmas to you. So there, I have to, I have to say because they actually they sponsor our radio show. So they don't actually sponsor. No, you can't sponsor our show. Our live. No, because we're on PBS. PB Cam show. Yeah, we're on the uh, the cheap channel. Okay, well, I just want to clarify that. Absolutely. Because you know that's just how it goes. It's how it okay. goes. So we do have a special cemetery tripping. Oh, we have special everything. We have special everything this yeah. year. We have special cocoa. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and we. Angel got its wings. Okay, cool. So let's go ahead and roll. It is it is kind of a an, an oldie but goodie, but I really so like, like to play this one just like Ron yeah. every Christmas. So cemetery tripping, please. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where I will feature a different cemetery in each episode that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. As an avid taphophile, or lover of tombstones, I spend a lot of time in the local New England area in the beautiful and historic cemeteries we have here. The stones here are like no others, and I have literally thousands of pictures of the intricate and symbolic carvings found on them. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. Today I'm going to deviate a little bit from my usual cemetery review and probably upset a few people since I'm going to talk about the grave of St. Nicholas. Now before you get all upset, it's not the St. Nick that makes the toys and slides down that chimney every year. No, no, no. This St. Nick is the man behind the origin of Santa Claus, so pay attention. In the course of my research to determine exactly where the grave of St. Nicholas is, I discovered that there are actually a number of places where his bones could be buried. According to local Irish legend, St. Nicholas is buried in County Kilkenny in the ruined church of St. Nicholas in Jerpoint. The church is all that remains of the medieval village, Newtown Jerpoint, that fell to ruin by the 17th century. There lies a grave slab which dates to the 1300s with an image of a cleric, thought to be a bishop, and two other heads. The cleric is said to be St. Nicholas, and the heads, the two crusaders who, so the story goes, brought Nicholas's remains back to Ireland. The second resting place is supposedly on an island off the coast of Turkey, where historians believe they have found the original tomb of Santa Claus in the ruins of an early Christian pilgrimage center in Myra on Jamil Adasi, the island of sailors. Their research into the 1,600-year-old site strongly suggests that the attraction for early pilgrims was the original tomb of St. Nicholas, a 4th-century late Roman bishop, these days better known as Santa Claus. In medieval times, the place was called St. Nicholas Island by seafarers, and his name is painted on part of the ruined building where the tomb lies. When Nicholas died on December 6, 343 AD, still widely celebrated as St. Nicholas Day, his grave in Myra became a popular pilgrimage site. In 1087, Italian sailors stole the body and brought it to Italy, supposedly to protect it from invading Seljuk Turks. So, that brings us to the third burial site in the city of Bari. But wait, there's a fourth site. San Nicolo Alido in Venice also has some bones from St. Nick. For years, the churches from Bari and Venice argued about who could claim the real Santa Claus. In 1992, the Venice bones were examined and said they were likely to be the same person. The explanation is that the original sailors may not have removed all the bones from Turkey, 
and the rest were brought to Venice during the First Crusades. Like many early saints, little is known about the life of St. Nicholas. It's said that when his wealthy parents died, Nicholas gave away his inheritance to the sick and needy, thus gaining a reputation for generosity. But his most important act, from the Santa Claus perspective, was his anonymous gift of three bags of gold thrown through a window to help pay the dowries of three maidens whose father would otherwise have forced them into prostitution. To commemorate this in medieval times, a custom grew up of giving anonymous presents on St. Nicholas's Eve. As well as being the patron saint of sailors and travelers, St. Nicholas also became the patron saint of children. In the Netherlands, St. Nicholas was known as Sinterklaas, but it was through the Dutch colonial town of New Amsterdam, later renamed New York, that the Dutch Sinterklaas became the American Santa Claus, giver of Christmas gifts. So there you have it, the story of the grave of Santa Claus. Where his final resting place is exactly, I feel no one will ever know for sure. But his deeds and actions inspired a legend. So let's consider his final resting place in our minds, hearts, and shining eyes of our children. Merry Christmas to you all. Aww. She had Baby Yoda on there. Did you say? I know, right? Mm. What a cute baby at You ever seen Baby Yoda? He's adorable. He's everywhere. I know it. He's everywhere. I, I almost wore my Yoda Santa hat That's good. tonight, but so I thought special. maybe someone else would like to wear that. So anyways, in the great tradition of the English, we always tell ghost stories oh, on Christmas Eve. Uh-oh. Settle in, folks. Gotta fix my skirt. <laughs> <laughs> so this comes from dot uh, com. Dot com. Comes from That's something. That's not helpful. Whatever. Uh, have you ever been visited by inexplicable holiday spirits? Hugh? <laughs> yeah, you've drunk most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, this is by uh, Stephen Wagner. Wagner? Yeah, for those who aren't German, it's Wagner. So, here we go. This is uh, called the Christmas Church Ghost. All right. And it's a lovely little story. All right. About a lovely little ghost. Lovely. Yes. So, this is in first, uh, what do you call it? First. First person? First person. So first person I, I am, shooter? I am the first person. <laughs> So I will be singing this. I'll be right. saying this. I may sing it. Right. Who knows? I'm going to sit here and listen. Maybe. I was playing hide and seek with the other kids in my mom's village of Suntua, Western Samoa. I guess he was Samoan. Apparently. I was quite young then. So I always followed my older cousins around. That's true. It was the middle of the night. And most of the kids were used to hiding anywhere in the dark. I wasn't as used to it as they were, especially for the holidays, Christmas holidays. I actually lived in Australia. Okay. So you must have been visiting. Okay. Since we were all hiding in the cemetery, Ooh. we were able to find our way by the light cast from the church. We hid in the shadows of the graves Sweet. and waited for the boy who was it. We could hear him coming, so we kept quiet. The boy was pretty loud. We were wondered what he was making all the fuss about, so we went to see. Uh-oh. He, he later told us that he had walked into the church as... What? Okay. He later told us that he walked into the church, and as he thought, his brother was hiding there. So he went to the church because he thought his brother was hiding uh -huh. there. He saw the boy standing right in front of the altar. No. He didn't know if it was brother or not, because the boy's back was turned. He oh, ran up bad. to the boy and tapped him on the shoulder. You're it! As soon as he did, the strange boy disappeared. <gasps> And our friend fainted. <laughs> we went home to tell his parents. They got back to find him still lying there. Uh-oh. Dead still. Oh, he ran off and left his cousin there. That's nice. They all did. 
Uh, nice. We'll just leave him there. He's yeah. fine. His parents took him home, but he never played in the graveyards after that night again. We later found out that the boy's brother was actually at home the whole time. <laughs> he hadn't been at the church at all. Yeah, little so-and-so. What really scared us was that the boy who had fainted was ill ever since that night oh, and God. still hasn't recovered. Whoever was in that church might have been pretty mad at this kid for disturbing him. Mm -hmm. And that's by Paulina T. All right. Lovely. Mr. T's daughter. Mr. T's daughter. That's a lovely little Christmas story. Isn't that story. a cute little story? With a happy ending. Always have a happy ending. <laughs> Never recovered. Oh, no. Cemetery's yeah. a great place to hide. Do you have a place to hide and seek in the cemetery? Probably when I was a kid, yeah. Probably is not an answer. Yeah. Yes I or can't no. remember that far back. I'm too old. Oh, come on. It's not that old. You were young. No, I know I'm not 186 like you, but... Yeah, still. It's still a long time ago. Mm. But we did used to play in the cemetery. You did? Yeah. All the time. Really? Mm -hmm. So, do you want to tell a story, or would you like to well, talk about one of your things? I have all these interesting things. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, so this the first interesting thing. All right. So, shut up. Thrill me. Hey, I listen to your do stories. You Be do. polite. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. God, don't sing. So. Save that for later. Everybody knows, like, we love haunted stuff. I used to work in a haunt. Well, I volunteered. I never really got paid. Uh, I used to work at a, a haunt in Taunton called Ghoulie Manor, which is unfortunately now defunct. But enjoyed it a lot. Did special effects makeup and everything. So the saddest part of the year or the season was obviously the last night of the Halloween season. And we had to close the haunt the next day. Hmm. Very, very sad. It's very, very sad. And if you are into that stuff, it's, it's kind of like a family. The ghoulies were all a big family. So I found, when I was looking for things to talk about on this show, all these haunts that are open either year-round or specifically opened with a Christmas theme. So I just thought that this was so great. So the, the first one that I ran across was the Yuletide Nightmare at Panic Point in North Carolina. And uh, this bone-chilling attraction will open on Friday, December 13th, right? Awesome, Friday the 13th, and scare the wits out of anyone who dares to enter the seven-acre attraction this holiday season. All right, this place has got to be great. Okay, and they have... Um, it's the Haunted Forest at Panic Point. And so watch for the evil elves, twisted Christmas characters, and abominable reindeer, among other things. Uh, it's $25 online, and you can get all kinds of speed passes and all that. And, oh, good, I don't have a website. I don't have a website for this. Sorry, folks. But just Google Panic Point, North Carolina. It's going to pull it right up. Okay? So now we have a few more. This one is in Bayville, New York, which apparently is across from the beach. And this is the Bayville Winter Wonderland. You can go to their website. It's Krampus, K R A M P U S, at BayvilleHauntedChristmas.com and get more information about their haunt or you can call them at 516-62-GHOST. Very cool. Uh, they're open Fridays and Saturdays, 8.30 to 11 p.m., Sundays, 7.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., December 13th through 15th, and 20 through 22nd. The next one is, this is a really cool one. So the, the 13th floor.com. These are haunts that are nationwide. Um, and they're Christmas-themed, so check that out, and you might find one in your state. Uh, they have an interactive Christmas-themed haunt, haunted Christmas photo ops, Christmas treats with Krampus, and more. Um, you can also go to KrampusHauntedChristmas.com 
and get more information for that's the one in Denver, Colorado. So, but if you want the nationwide ones, it's 13thfloor.com. Um, and also the scarefactor.com lists year-round haunts state by state. So you can just scroll on through, find your state, and find your Christmas haunt because I wish there was one in Massachusetts. Unfortunately, I could not find any in Massachusetts because I'd be all over that. That would be so much fun. Yeah. What a fun. Good open our Christmas gifts there. Fine. Yeah, open your Christmas gifts there. Why not? Why not? Why not? No. Why not? Sure, it's fine. So what do you got? What do you got over there? I got nothing. No? Mm. I've got a story. Okay. I've I got so. a story for I you. I hope you got a few stories. I'll do a nice quick cookies. Christmas. I got a nice quick Want a cookie? One. No cookies. You got to read a story. This happened near Seattle, Washington mm -hmm. on Christmas Eve, 1957. Ah. All right. Can't really remember. My mom was in the my mom was in the kitchen. My mom. My mom. My mom. And she yelled for my sister and me, ages five and seven, to come look. There was a Santa and an elf carrying a big brown bag, and drinking out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I put that part in. They weren't really it out. Okay. There was a Santa carrying a big brown bag, and walking down the middle of the street, staggering down the middle of the street. <laughs> Whatever works. Dad went running out the door to see if Santa would come to our house and said, Merry Christmas to us kids. But Santa, the elf, and the big brown bag vanished. Skitty cat wrote that. Skitty cat? Skitty cat. Not scared so cat? So if you saw this guy, no, skitty. Skitty? I would. Okay. You're going to make me look, aren't you? S-K-I-T-T-Y. Skitty S-K-I. Skitty. Okay. Skitty. That's fine. Skitty. <laughs> Skitty. Got it. Fine. We all got it. All right. You want one? Sure. All right. I'll give you the big long one. Do I put my glasses on? <laughs> put my one lady glasses only on? Only if you want to read it. You got one in big print? <laughs> yeah, they're all big print. <laughs> so yours is called the Christmas Visitor. All right. And I think that's neat. Christmas visitor. Ooh, he'll be here shortly. He is here shortly. I know. I heard, heard it I know. rumbling down the I chimney heard, there. I, I heard a pit of patter of little feet up on the roof. Yeah. The Christmas visitor. I had an unusual visitor on Christmas Day 2008. Ooh, a recent story. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't. It's 11 years ago. It wasn't. It's Not more recent reason. than 1957. Yeah, I'll give you that. Or whatever the last one was that you read before that with the strange boy who'd never recovered. All right. Ooh, sad. Very sad. So uh, I had an unusual visitor on Christmas Day 2008, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't Santa Claus, passing by my house in Bloomington, Indiana. The day started in typical fashion with the opening of gifts around the Christmas tree. I served an early Christmas dinner for family and friends, and everybody departed by 5 p.m. Except, Thank God. My, yeah, right. <laughs> bye bye, bye bye. Don't Merry let Christmas. the head door hit okay. you in the butt. Goodbye. Way out. Uh, except my sister and brother-in-law who live with me. You poor thing. They were asleep in a bedroom at the end of the hall, but their door was open mm -hmm. at five o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. Wow, early night, man. Festive. I went into my bedroom with my dog Toby and shut the door securely. Toby curled up on the foot of my bed to sleep, sleep like he always does. It was chilly, so I pulled the blankets and comforter up around my head and curled up to nap for an hour. An hour. I was just dozing off. It was only 5 o'clock. I know. <laughs> we take a little, little, okay. Cat nap. I was just dozing off when I heard the latch on my bedroom door open. Uh-oh. I waited several, got to watch out for that brother-in-law. I waited several seconds for my sister or brother-in-law to say that they'd, whatever they'd come to say, but there was no other sound. <gasps> it was almost 7 p.m., so my bedroom was pitch black. That late, huh? Uh-huh. I'd left lights on in the kitchen, in the bathroom, and there were lots of Christmas lights in the living room, so the hallway would have been well lit. I would be able to see whoever was at the door just by lifting my head. I pushed the blankets down and lifted my head from the pillow, but just as I would have been able to see who was in the doorway... An extremely bright light hit me right in the face. I shielded my eyes and yelled, 
turn out that light. You're blinding me. The light immediately disappeared, and I heard the bedroom door latch close. My bedside light is a touch lamp, so I tapped it on and looked around the bedroom. There was no one there except me and Toby. Toby jumped off the bed and went to the door without showing any signs of alarm. At first, I wasn't frightened because Toby is a Dutch shepherd and was trained to be an excellent watchdog. What the hell is a Dutch shepherd? Half Dutch and half shepherd. What's Dutch? Dutch? Well, There's you know, a Dutch dog? It's like a German shepherd. Okay. It was invaded by the I, Germans, so okay. they took it over and became Dutch. He became a Dutch. Okay. The Netherlands, so they, uh, <laughs> this is a long story, man. Yeah, I gave okay. him a good one. All right. Since Toby was already up, I decided to go let him outside and see what sis or her husband needed. When I went into the hallway, I could see both of them still in bed. I took Toby to the living room to let him outside, and there was nobody there either. Ordinarily, I'm not a skittish person, and the strange noises or lights wouldn't alarm me. But this situation was just too eerie, and the light had made my skin crawl. Mm -hmm. Let me add that the latch on my bedroom door is broken in such a way that the inside door handle must be jiggled for the latch to pop out and engage. It makes a very distinctive sound that I'm used to listening for because if it doesn't latch, the door swings open. I am absolutely positive that the door was latched closed when I got into bed, just as I'm certain it was the door latch I heard during the incident. When I left the bedroom, the door was latched closed again. I couldn't understand how my sister or brother-in-law could have come into my room and then returned to their own bed and crawled under the covers in the few seconds it took me to reach the hallway. But I figured it had to be one of them since Toby always barks and growls at everybody and everything he doesn't immediately recognize. Sounds like your dogs. Yeah, my dogs. When my brother-in-law got up to get ready for work that night, I asked him what he'd wanted earlier in the evening when he opened my door. He looked puzzled and said, I never got up and I certainly never opened your door. I slept soundly the whole time I was in bed. Okay, so I asked Sis. Did you want something earlier this evening when you opened my door? She also looked puzzled and told me, I dozed off and on but never got out of bed, and I never saw or heard anything in the hallway. So who was my special Christmas visitor, and how did they get in and out so quickly? Like most people, the thoughts of loved ones were always close at hand during the holiday season. When I first went to lie down, I was thinking how happy I was that my small family had enjoyed a pleasant Christmas but it would have been so much better if my mother and brother had still been alive to share it with us. I would like to think it was my brother's spirit stopping by to say, Merry Christmas, oh. I still think of you too. Oh. I haven't been able to debunk this strange event or find any kind of rational explanation. I'm half afraid that my heart stopped during my sleep and the light I saw was the bright light people report after near-death experiences. Kind of what I was thinking. Leave it to me to see the stairway to heaven and ruin my chance at eternal paradise by saying, turn out that bleepity bleep bleep light. <laughs> I've made a mental note that if I ever see another bright light to clean up my language just in case. Good thinking. That was submitted by the Scarlet Dragon. Ooh. Ooh. Give me that back. Oh, -hoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Give me. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Fine. All right. I think we should have power news. Paranews? Since our paranews are order is here. Christmas news. Christmas paranews. Christmas. Uh, okay. Chris. All right. Yes? Chris will normal news. Okay. Chris, Chris, okay. Chris Proud. Let's have Nate. <coughs> All right. We, are, we have our paranormal news reporter here, so let's bring him on. Yeah, let's. Welcome to the Merry Christmas edition of Paranews this month in December of 2019. <laughs> this edition will feature some, about 10 Christmas carols and I'll discuss what their meaning are or stories attached with it. Joy to the World, 300 years ago in 1719, is the most published Christmas hymn in North America about heaven and earth rejoicing at the coming of the King. 
and Christ's blessing extended victoriously over the realm of sin and Christ's rule over the nations that brought salvation to the world. O come, only faithful, 1744. The words have been interpreted as a Jacobite code birth to Bonnie Prince Charlie, who is remembered for his role in the Jacobite Rising of 1745. God rest you merry gentlemen, 1760, is referred to in Charles Dickens' 1843 A Christmas Carol. At the first sound of God bless you merry gentlemen, may nothing you dismay, Scrooge seized the ruler with such energy and action that the singer fled in terror, leaving the keyhole to the fog and even more congenial frost. Silent Night, 1818. A fictional story pub published in the U.S. in the 1930s ostensibly wrote the spurious legend about an organ breaking down in the church of Oberndorf, Austria, where the song was first, song was first performed. The 1935 Bing Crosby version is the fourth best-selling single of all time. It came upon the Midnight Clear, 1849. It's a poem in Christmas carol written by Edmund Sears, pastor of Uni the Unitarian Church in Wayland, Massachusetts. Its focus is not of Bethlehem, but of the contemporary issue of war and peace. It has long been assumed that Sears' response to the just ended Mexican-American War. Up on the Housetop, 1864, is the second oldest secular Christmas song and the first Yule song to focus primarily on Santa Claus. Benjamin Henby, the songwriter, probably owes the idea that Santa and his sleigh landed on rooftops on the homes to Clement C. Moore's 1822 poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, also commonly known as The Night Before Christmas. What Child Is This, 1865. At the time of the composing this carol, William Chatterton Dix works as an insurance company manager and has been struck, uh, was struck by a severe illness. While recovering, he underwent a spiritual renewal and led him to write several hymns, including lyrics to this carol that was subsequently set in the time, uh, to the tune of Greensleeves, a traditional English folk song. Although it was written in Great Britain, the carol was popular in the United States and other than its origin country. A Little Town of Bethlehem, 1868. The text was written by Philip Brooks, an Episcopal priest, then rector of the Church of the Holy Trinity in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and later of Trinity Church in Boston, Massachusetts. He was inspired by visiting the village of Bethlehem in the Sangjunk of Jerusalem in 1865. Three years later, he wrote the poem for his church, and his organist, Louis Renner, added the music. Santa Claus is Coming to Town, 1934, was written by John Frederick Coots and Heaven Gillespie, and was first sung on Eddie Cantor's radio show in November 1934. Cantor's original performance, broadcast at the height of the Great Depression, included verses not in the standard version of the song, encouraging listeners to be charitable and help the less fortunate at Christmas. Winter Wonderland, the same year, 1934, is about a couple enjoying a picturesque winter landscape. They build a snowman who they agree to pretend is Parson Brown. They imagine the snowman asking if the couple is married, and tell the snowman that he can marry them. Well, that's the end of my list of Christmas carols. What's your favorite Christmas carol? Well, I hope you have a very merry and safe Christmas. Back to you, Anne and Ron. <laughs> Another angel got their wings. Oh, boy. What's your favorite Christmas carol? <laughs> None of the above. <laughs> I want to know that Christmas song. I can't think I can't of it. It's a country it. and western one. Greatest little Christmas at all. Who'll have the greatest? And that was all the holidays wrapped up in one. Can't help you. Yeah. Can't help you. Not a fan. Not I just a listened fan. to it the other day. Mm -mm, mm -mm. All right. It's country so, and western. You like country and western? I like. It's not country and western anymore. It's just country. Country and western. No, it's country. Yeehaw. Anyways.
Wait yes, a but I, is I the like country special one tonight. Just country. What? The country? Yeah, the country. I have no idea. CMA Christmas special is that on tonight? I don't know. I hope not. But right now, I'll be upset. our show is on, and that's way more important. Oh, fine. That's well. all I have to say. All right, I have a spell. I haven't done a spell in a long, long time. So you can't spell. <laughs> you can't spell. You're you right. Can't spell. So this is a Christmas ornament oh, protection spell. I'll be here if you all need right. me. All right. So the first thing you need is a Christmas ornament, and it should be clear, or uh, it could also be uh, just plain old silver. All right. So I'm the Christmas ornament. Plain old what? Plain old silver. Silver. Okay. Silver. Silver. Christmas ornament. No. Um, salt water, and you need red thread. Mm. All stuff most of us probably have hanging around. Sure. The only thing that, that you might not have, so uh, patchouli oil. So, and this is not specifically. I use that in my lawnmower. <laughs> this is not specifically patchouli oil, but there is patchouli. This is like an, a, a five oil blend. So, uh, as close as I had to patchouli. So, that's what we're going to go with. All right. So, the first thing you have to do is take your Christmas ornament and take that little top off of it, okay? And then you put some salt water. And I just made my salt water by taking water and dumping some salt in sea it. Sea salt, right? All right, just whatever, salt. Sea salt. It doesn't specify, it just says salt water. Should it, yeah, salt water is sea salt water. Whatever, okay, so salt water, all right? Mm -hmm. So you rinse out your, your bulb, okay? And then you are going to um, get yourself some red thread, and you're going to cut the red thread into three-inch lengths. And I'm not going to sit here and do this for the next half an hour because it would take me half an How hour. How do you so have to do? I have a bunch here. Well, you're supposed to cut your red thread into three-inch lengths. You said that. Until you have enough to fill this Christmas ball. Are you serious? No, that's what the spell says. You'd be here until Christmas. It. All right, so to save time, hey, give me back my spell, man. I want to see a picture of this thing filled okay. with well, Christmas trees. I'm too cheap to print it in color. So, yeah. all right. So, imagine that I just fill this whole Christmas ball. Yes, imagine. With red thread. Okay. Red thread. Get in there. Get in there, red thread. Okay. So now you are going to take your Christmas ball and you're going to take your patchouli oil patchouli. and Say you're going to put fast. in three or four drops of patchouli, patchouli oil. One, two, three, four. Whoa, okay. That'll Ooh, smell good. Extra patchouli. All right, we have a little extra patchouli oil in there. <laughs> All right. And, ooh, it's very fragrant. Yeah. And then you're going to put the top back on your Christmas ornament. Yeah. And then you are going to hang it um, wherever. I mean, you can put it up in your bedroom. <laughs> wherever you feel you need protection. I don't know if you need protection in your bedroom. Uh, Evidently, you do. You, you mentioned that a Freudian slip there. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so you hang this up all year wrong. All year, all year wrong. Wrong, yeah, wrong. <laughs> yep, yep. Keep talking. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, it's hang the ball in your room, preferably as close to the door as possible. Okay. Here's the part that uh, I will have to read. You want your glasses? No, I can see. As you hang the ball, say, symbol of the moon, symbol of the lady divine, reject all negativity, defend this room, me and mine. Okay. That's special. It, it is nice. Isn't that a nice I rather hang spell? mistletoe. I thought, that was a, I thought that was a nice little spell. Mistletoe. So, better. everybody, get your Christmas protection balls up and running and... Merry Christmas. That's why my wife right. has me. For what? protection. For protection? Yes. Really? Sure. Okay. All right. So there you go. How's that working for her? It's working really good. <laughs> she hasn't been attacked by a dragon yet. <coughs> that's that's wonderful. Yep. That's I, wonderful. I'm doing my job. All right. All right. Whew, that stuff stinks. <laughs> it's very free. Whoa. Fragrant. I think I got a little on it me. Smells like a funeral power. <laughs> It's supposed to be calm. Can you bomb somebody. <laughs> the name of it is calm. Yeah, it's calm, all right. Mm. <laughs> all right. So, and apropos with uh, the balls that are hanging at 
her bedroom door. I come up with uh, Santa at the bedroom door. Santa at the bedroom yeah, door. Perfectly. The bedroom trans- door or the bathroom? I thought it was supposed to be the bathroom door. Only in your mind. Here. <laughs> you actually listen to me? Don't listen to me. Oh, okay. So. I usually don't. Santa at the bedroom door. Oh, boy. It Sound was like Christmas Eve. Fabio at the bedroom? 1961. The Beach Boys were on the radio. Here we are back in the 60s again. Isn't that the real, real Isn't that It's a Beach Boys song. False Shadow. Oh, it's. Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So we were living in Boardman, Ohio. Boardman? Boardman. Boardman. B O A D. M-A-N. Boy, the guy must have invented it that. Boy, man, I'm bored. Uh-huh. Bored, yeah. man, yeah. All right, get on that. with it. Yeah. My bedroom was at the end of the house. I had gone to sleep. I don't know what time it was. Wait, this sounds very similar to the last story. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Can I continue? Yes, go ahead. It was at 5 o'clock. Thank God. <laughs> I had gone to sleep. I don't know what time it was, but I know it was very, very late. Late. When suddenly I woke up, I was staring at my bedroom door, which was catty corner from my bed. Catty corner? I always say kitty corner, don't you? Catty corner? I've heard of catty corner. I've never heard of catty corner. Kitty catty, whatever. Skitty, scatty, scatty. So I was staring at my bedroom door, which was kitty corner to my bed. Okay. The door slowly opened. I pretended to close my eyes because I didn't want my mother or father to catch me up in the middle of the night. Oh, he was a kid. Okay. Yeah, these are all kid ones. Ah. There was a nightlight in the hallway and one behind the dresser in my room. So there was some light in the room. I was totally astonished however, by who opened my bedroom door. I found myself looking at a man dressed in a red suit. He had a white trimmed hat. No, he had a white trim around his waist and like fur, Hmm. a long white beard was wearing a Santa hat. Could be Krampus. He had red pants and black boots. I, if I close my eyes, I can still see Santa standing in my door. It made such an impression on me. He stood up and looked at me for a few seconds, then closed the door. I pulled the blankets over my head. I was so scared. So scared. How could you be scared of Santa? Isn't that Santa close to me? <laughs> Finally, I looked up, and there was no one there. Mm-hmm. The next day, I asked my mother if she or my father had been in my bedroom the previous night. My mother said no. In fact, my sister was only four months old, and my mother told me she'd slept through the night for the first time since my sister was born. Yes! Merry Christmas! Neither of the parents had gotten up. Both of them were so tired, they slept. Wow. So I don't know who or what looked into my bedroom that night. But when I told my mother I had seen Santa, she got really mad at me and told me I had not. Oh, hi. Boy. Told you it was Krampus. I guess it was. Krampus would have taken him and eaten him. It was the mother, I think. It's a Krampus. (laughs) Wow, a stick in the mud. But I know what I saw, and it was Santa Claus. Okay. I swear the story did happen, and I know I wasn't dreaming. And it has stuck with me all my life. Carrie Kay. Ah, isn't that sweet? Isn't that sad? So how do you like that? Oh, uh, it was too nice a story. Thank you. I like that. it when they end badly. Oh, like, you're so mean. The kid falls down dead in the church. Yeah. So what do you got? <gasps> I have Christmas monsters. Monsters, yeah. I, I have Christmas monsters. There you go. Okay. Back of the evil stuff again. Oh, yeah. This stuff's cool, and I never knew they existed again. Just finding out about these things. I mean, everybody knows about Krampus, right? 
and he comes and and um, he he's the anti Santa, right, Grampus? So everybody knows about him. So um, boys and girls. <laughs> the customs of the holiday season, which includes Saint Nicholas Day, New Year's Day, and Epiphany, as well as Christmas, often incorporate earlier pagan traditions that have been appropriated and adapted for contemporary use. Customs that encourage little children to be good so as to deserve the Christmas gifts often come with a dark side. Mm. The punishment you'll receive from a monster or evil being of some sort if you aren't good. Like that kid's mother. Yeah. These nefarious characters vary from place to nefarious. place and they go by many different names and images. So, number one on the list, of course, Krampus. And as a tool to encourage good behavior in children, Santa serves as the carrot and Krampus is the stick. Ah, there's our friend Krampus. Isn't he purdy? Krampus is the evil demon anti-Santa, or maybe his evil twin. Uh, he doesn't look like Santa Claus's twin. He does have a beard. Um, so Krampus Night is celebrated on December 5th. Ooh, it's almost upon us. The eve of St. Nicholas Day in Austria and other parts of Europe. Public celebrations at night have many Krampuses walking the streets looking for people to beat. Alcohol is also involved, of course. Should fit right in <laughs> Injuries up, in recent years have led to some reforms, such as requiring all Krampuses to wear numbers so they may be identified in case of overly violent behavior. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Walking around, yeah. looking for people Krampus to beat. Krampus number 13, take it easy with that <laughs> stick. You're beating a little too hard over there. Put that child down. Uh, so, uh, and he may look like a devil or like a wild alpine beast, depending on what materials are available to make a Krampus costume. Uh, and the tradition is spreading around uh, beyond Europe. Many cities in America now have their own Krampus nights. Hey, look at all those haunted houses. Most of them are Krampus themed. Mm -hmm. I never did see the Krampus movie. I need to see that. If you say so. All right, number two, Jola Kotorin. Is the Icelandic Yule cat? I have no idea if I said that right. Okay, ah, there's there's our uh, Yule cat. He is not a nice cat. In fact, he might eat you. This character is tied to an Icelandic tradition in which those who finished all their work on time received new clothes for Christmas, while those who were lazy did not. Although this is mainly a threat, to encourage children to work hard, parents told the tale of the Yule cat saying that it would, uh, it could tell who the lazy uh, children were because they did not have at least one new item of clothing for Christmas. And these children would be sacrificed to the Yule Cat. This reminder tends to spur children into doing their chores, you think? Which is why kids always got underwear for <laughs> A poem written about the cat ends with a suggestion that children help out the needy so they too can have the protection of new clothing. It's no wonder that Icelanders, Icelanders put in more overtime at work than almost all Europeans. What about the poor people who just can't afford new clothing? They have to depend on the generosity of everybody else to, to save them from the Yule cat. There are no poor people in Oh Iceland. my goodness, okay. And, uh, Number Iceland. three, Frau Perchta. Tales told in Germany and Austria sometimes feature a witch named Frau Perchta who hands out both rewards and punishments during the 12 days of Christmas. Ah, oh, there she is. Oh, she's pretty. Uh, we don't want a girl like that. So the 12 days of Christmas are December 25th through Epiphany on January 6th. She is best known for her gruesome punishment of the sinful. She will rip out your internal organs and replace them with garbage. The ugly image of Perchta may show up in Christmas processions in Austria, somewhat like Krampus. Uh, her story is thought to have descended from a legendary alpine goddess of nature who tends the forest most of the year and deals with humans only during Christmas. In modern celebrations, Perchta or a close relation may show up in processions during Fasnacht, the Alpine festival just before Lent. There may be some connection between Frau Perchta and the Italian witch La Befana, but La Befana isn't really a monster. She's an ugly but good witch who leaves presents. Okay? 
Watch out. Number four, Belsnickel. Belsnickel is a male character from southwestern German lore who traveled to the United States and survives in Pennsylvania Dutch customs. He comes to children sometime before Christmas wearing tattered old clothing and raggedy fur. Belsnickel carries a switch. Should sick the Icelandic cat on him. Yeah, to frighten children and candy, to frighten children and give them candy to reward them for good behavior. In modern visits, the switch is only used for noise and to warn the children they still have time to be good for Christmas. Then all the children get candy if they are polite about it. Now, they, they just shouldn't get candy unless they're good. The name Belsnickel is a portmanteau, oh, isn't that fancy, of the German Belzen, meaning to wallop, and, and nickel for St. Nicholas. Uh, let's see. Uh, number five, Hans Trop. Hans Trop is another anti-Santa who hands out punishment to bad children in the Alsace and Lorraine regions of France. The legend says that Trapp was a real man, a rich, greedy, and evil man who worshipped Satan. Ah, there he is. And was excommunicated from the Catholic Church. He was exiled into the forest where he preyed upon children, disguised as a scarecrow with straw jutting out from his clothing. He was about to eat one boy he captured when he was struck by lightning and killed. A punishment of his own God, of his own from God. Still, he visits young children before Christmas, dressed as a scarecrow to scare them into good behavior. Number six, Père Foutard. The French legend of Père Foutard, whose name translates into Father Whipper, begins with an evil butcher who craved children to eat. He or his wife lured three boys into his butcher shop where he killed, chopped, and salted them. He... Uh, St. Nicholas came to the rescue, resurrected the boys, and took custody of the butcher. The captive butcher became Père Foutard, St. Nicholas's servant, whose job it is to dispense punishment to bad children on St. Nicholas Day. The, number seven, the Yule Lads. Oh, I used to know them. They were oh, yeah? Group. oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Yeah. The Jolasweiner, or Yule Lads, are 13 Icelandic trolls who each have a name and distinct personality. In ancient times, they stole things and caused trouble around Christmas time. So they were used, used to scare children into behaving like the Yule Cat. However, the 20th century brought tales of the benevolent Norwegian figure, Julnis, Santa Claus, who brought gifts to good children. The traditions became mingled until the formerly devilish uh, Yule lads became kind enough to leave gifts in shoes that children leave out if they are good boys and girls. Little gifts from the cat. Yeah. And finally, number eight, Grilla. All the Yule lads answer to Grilla, their mother. There's Grilla. She predates the Yule lads in Icelandic legend as the ogress who kidnaps, cooks, and eats children who don't obey their parents. See, kids, you better listen. She only became associated with Christmas in the 17th century when she was assigned to be the mother of the Yule Lads. According to legend, Grilla had three different husbands and 72 children. No wonder she was cranky. All who caused trouble, ranging from harmless mischief to murder. Ah, as if the household wasn't crowded enough, the Yule Cat also lives with Grilla. There you oh, go. There you go. This ogress is so much of a troublemaker that the Onion blamed her for the 2010 eruption of the, volcano. I can't even say this, some volcano, volcano yeah. in Iceland. That was a big deal. Okay. So there's your eight, your, your eight Christmas monsters. I have one more. Okay. In Germany, Christmas elves were known as Tomtins. Tomtins? Tomtins. They were evil little dwarfs who wore red. They would band together, ambush travelers, pull them to the ground, and beat them to death. Oh, to death to death. Yep. Hmm. For no good reason, huh? Yep. Sort of like the tax man. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. So we have a time or uh, for a, yeah, we do. Okay. Okay. So I have one a story for you. Yeah, it's a quick one, one for you because you read one. faster than I do. Oh, so God. I will give you this one. I just one. read all that. It's just that first <clears throat> one. Okay. All right. A ghostly a ghostly Christmas caress. Okay, hold on. Where's my glasses? I'm sitting on them. This is not big print. 
at all. It's big to me. It was Christmas time of 95 or 96 at my aunt's house on a reservation in North Dakota. Some of my family was sleeping in the living, some of my, not sleeping, was in the living room watching television. The kids were playing in the rooms or sleeping, and my uncle, aunt, and I were sitting at the table putting a puzzle together. My cousin who worked at a casino was due home around midnight or 1 a.m. That night, as she pulled up and was walking towards the house, she looked in the window and saw me sitting at the table, my uncle sitting across from me. She also saw someone standing to the left of me and someone standing in the corner. She continued to walk in the house, thinking nothing of it. When she got inside, she said her hellos, put her stuff away, and came to join us at the table. As we were sitting there talking, she looked at me and asked who was standing next to me a few minutes ago and who was in the corner. I told her no one, and she said, yeah, there was someone standing next to you. It looked like your mom, and she was playing with your hair. I have long hair, which I used to wear down all the time. She said this person was running her hand on my hair as a mother does to a child. Hmm. It kind of freaked me out, as I was probably only 12 or 13 at the time. My cousin swears up and down that someone was standing over me, rubbing my head, and watching me put the puzzle together with my aunt and uncle, and that there was another person standing behind that person. We got around to thinking the second person was probably her mom, who passed away on her birthday, ah, a week before Christmas back in 92. In my family, we consider our aunts and uncles to be just like our moms and dads. After thinking that it could have been her, it didn't scare me so much. Around Christmas, something strange almost always happens. We think it's my mom visiting us. Oh. That was by V Page. Isn't that sweet? It is sweet. Yeah. But we need to play, we need to play our, our yes. special Christmas song. Again. Oh, yeah. We've got to go out quick. Oh, okay. my Play God. It. Play it. All right. Santa Baby, here we go. Santa Baby, slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa Baby, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa Baby, an out-of-state convertible, light blue. I'll be waiting up for you, Santa Baby. Hurry down the chimney tonight. <laughs> Think of all the fun I've missed. Think of all the fellas that I haven't kissed. Next year I could be oh so good If you'll just check off my Christmas list Santa honey, I want a yacht and that's really not a lot Be an angel all year, Santa baby And hurry down the chimney tonight Santa cutie there's one thing I really do need, the deed. Ooh. To a platinum mine, Santa cutie, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa baby, fill my stocking with a duplex and checks. Sign your name on the line, Santa baby, and hurry down the chimney tonight. <laughs> Come and trim my Christmas tree oh. with some decorations bought at Tiffany. Yeah, sing it, baby. I really do <laughs> believe in you. Let's see if you believe in me. Santa baby, I've got to mention one little thing, a ring. And I don't mean on the phone, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Hurry down the chimney tonight. Hurry down the chimney tonight. Well, that's a resurrection from Christmas of 2015. Maybe we can put it on our website. Oh, we'll put it on the website. You'll all love it. I know you love Ron singing. Yeah, I'm crying. 
Okay. <laughs> in the meantime, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Thank you all for watching our silliness all Watch year long. Watch out for the people eating cats. And happy 2020, and we will see you next year. Maybe. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.